Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and today is Saturday, which means I'm here with Sarah. I'm here, too. And roomy. Yes. Yeah. He just, I just said to Sarah, I was like, hey, you want to try and knock this out now while he's napping? And Rumi is in the office with us right now, which he usually is not when we are recording. But uh, we're just going to hope for the best. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, because he just got up. There's movement. (laughs) He just got up, which means he's probably going to try to eat something that he's not allowed to eat. Oh, boy. Here we go. (laughs) Well, (laughs) we are just going to try and keep rocking and rolling. So there are a couple of important things going on this week that I want to bring to your attention. The first of those being that Ascend tickets are now on sale. But here's the deal. As of when this airs, there are about 20 tickets remaining. And on Sunday, July 21st, early bird ticket pricing is gone. So get your ticket now. Um, Even if you hear this after early bird is already over, get your ticket now. Um, We are absolutely going to sell out for this event. If you don't know what Ascend is, so Ascend is Primal Potential's annual weekend workshop. And there are details about uh, how the days flow and what's included and all what you can expect on the show notes page for today's episode, which is where you need to go to get your link to buy the ticket anyway. So you can go to primalpotential.com forward slash 631 to learn more about Ascend and to get your ticket. The event is November 8th through the 10th, the evening of the 8th, which is a Friday, And then all day Saturday the 9th and all day Sunday the 10th, wrapping up by about 4 p.m. on Sunday the 10th in downtown Portland, Oregon. So go to primalpotential.com forward slash 631 to learn more about Ascend, what it is, what you can expect, what's included, and to buy your ticket. But do not wait. I will hate for somebody to email me in a couple weeks really wanting to go, maybe just having heard about it and we don't have any tickets left. So um, make that happen. I really hope I get to spend time with you there. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be really great. I can't wait. It's one of my favorite things that we do each year. Um, Also, Saturdays, we do giveaways, which I love. Me too. Today we are giving away Four Sigmatic's Turmeric Latte. We'll be giving a box of the individual packets of the Turmeric Latte away to today's winner, which we will announce at the end of the show. 
You've tried that. I have, and it's delicious and smooth. I really like it. Yeah. I know. I like it's kind of cold and rainy today or cooler and rainy today. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect day for that. It is. And, you know, there's just something about like when you when you eat or drink something that's like a really bright color. I don't know why. Like the bright yellow just makes me, I don't know. It's just yeah. something like you feel like you're doing something a little more healthy. Yeah. And turmeric is just a really powerful anti-inflammatory. So uh, we will be giving that away. Guys, You, we do giveaways every Saturday. And you can enter to win one of three ways. And if you do all three, that means you have three chances to win. The first is leaving a review of this podcast in Apple Podcasts. The second is leaving a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon. And the third is sharing on either Facebook or Instagram and tagging me an episode that you loved or something that you learned from this podcast. So if you do all three, three chances to win. And we do it every Saturday and it's super fun. And make sure you email me. Oh yeah, right. If you win, right? Sometimes our winners are not emailing Sarah to claim their prize. You're right. Bonkers, man. I know. Free stuff. Yeah. We ship it right out, but we're waiting on you. Mm -hmm. All right. So we got a whole bunch of questions today. And meanwhile, like Rumi is eating my shirt to um, keep him quiet. Like that's actually what is happening right now. Yes. Um, but, you know, Watching. we're, we're going to we're going to rock and roll. Go for it. Yeah. OK. How did you learn coping methods for dealing with anxiety and stress? Here's the beautiful thing about life. I get to practice every single day. You know, it's one of those things where it's not like once we have a coping mechanism that we're like set for life, right? I am always looking to improve my response to anxiety and stress, which might seem like kind of an empty response, but here's here's what's different from the way I used to approach it. I used to simmer in the anxiety and stress and like fuel it and kick up a storm around it because I wasn't focused on improving my response. I wasn't focused on mitigating the stressor. I was just throwing a pity party and being really dramatic about it. You know, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed out. Work is crazy. When I think back to, oh, just about every conversation I had with my mom in my 20s, it was just me complaining about stress and problems in my life. So that shift from I'm not staying in the problem, I really want to create a solution, is probably the most basic and straightforward, but the most powerful coping method there is. Really desiring more the solution than you do feeling sorry for yourself about the problem. I see this a lot when clients in the 12 Weeks to Transformation uh, share a challenge. A lot of times, they are more invested in the problem than they are in the solution. The number one coping method is being willing to let go of the problem so that you can give your energy to the solution. And I think we've all had those moments where like, we know we could let something go or we know we could create a solution, but we just don't want to. And I think that's fine every now and again, but for a lot of people, that is their MO. That is their standard operating procedure to just fuel the problem, stay in the problem. In Chasing Cupcakes, I write about um, sensing, seeking, settling, and solving. 
And typically for any challenge, any frustration, any issue, we are in one of those four modes. Sensing is how you feel about it. Oh my gosh, I'm so frustrated. Oh my gosh, this is making me mad. Oh my gosh, I'm so hurt by this, right? And that's where a lot of people stay, how I feel about it. Seeking is seeking a solution, but you're not necessarily acting on it. Maybe you're getting a lot of people's opinions or you're Googling different coping mechanisms, but there's a big difference between settling or I'm sorry, seeking a solution and and actually implementing, right? Settling is deciding. This is what I'm going to do. But again, that's not the same thing as doing it. So many times we'll say, I'm going to let it go, or I'm going to practice gratitude, or I'm going to focus on what's good when we're feeling anxious or we're feeling stressed, but we don't actually do it, right? So we commit to a solution, but we don't act on it. Solving is where I try to spend the majority of my time. If I am anxious about something, what is the solution? What am I going to do about it? If I am stressed about something, it's not about how I feel or what somebody else did or all the ways I can justify this situation. How can I participate in the solution? So one of my big things is that I tell myself that I am a creative, energetic problem solver. That is a mantra of mine. Problems come up every single day. Every single day, stressors and things that make me feel anxious come up every single day. But I know that my life is better, that I make more progress, that I'm happier when I am a creative, energetic problem solver. So that piece of of Chasing Cupcakes, my book, is probably a really great tool for anybody who is looking to... um, improve their response to anxiety and stress. I don't even see it as coping, right? I don't want to cope with anxiety and stress. I want to resolve the things that make me feel anxious and the things that are bringing stress into my life. Sometimes that's my attitude. And that was the case very recently. I think I told you about this, Sarah. So for those of you who haven't heard, I'm pregnant. And, um, that's a whole like mind screw in and of itself. And last weekend I was in California and I, it was weird. Like I, sometimes I wasn't feeling well and then other times I was feeling totally normal. And then the times where I was feeling totally normal, I was worried about the fact that I felt totally normal and I'm, I'm texting my boyfriend this. And he, and he said, you know, have you observed that all of your what ifs are negative. And that's oftentimes where anxiety comes from. What if this happens? What if that happens? What am I going to do with this? What am I going to do with that? And he said, what would happen if you decided to make all of them positive? What if everything is fine? What if this pregnancy is easy? So in that regard, I'm not trying to cope with the stress of pregnancy or the anxiety that comes from the unknown. I'm really trying to eliminate it, to change the way I think or to change what is happening in my life. And that's that's really the approach that I take on that. I love that he prompted you with that question. I do too. That was really helpful. Yeah. Really, really helpful because it's true. How many times do we what if good things? Not often. And how often does our stress and anxiety come from these negative what ifs that we straight up invented? Exactly. So yeah, that was that was super super helpful. How much MCT oil do you use daily? I don't. Um, 
so I am assuming, which is always a dangerous thing to do, that question comes from somebody who maybe listened to an episode a few years ago about Bulletproof Coffee or read a blog about Bulletproof Coffee. Um, I'm not drinking coffee at all right now because I'm pregnant. Um, but it's also been a while since I've had Bulletproof Coffee. I, I think it's a great option for a lot of people. And it's something that I will make every now and again, of course, when I'm not pregnant, because I'm not doing coffee while pregnant. Um, but uh, the reason that I stopped including it as a daily staple or, you know, a, a morning routine kind of thing is that for a while, it really satisfied me for hours and then that stopped. Um, so this is really, really normal that as your body changes, as you age, as lifestyle factors change, as your body composition changes or any number of things change, something that really worked for you at one point isn't going to work for you indefinitely. And that is totally to be expected. I'm sure there will be a time when Bulletproof Coffee makes a lot of sense for me. And of course, you can have MCT oil in other forms, right? I have at times used it to make salad dressing. I'm not at a phase in my life where I'm making homemade salad dressings. Um, things are a little too crazy for that right now. But uh, I don't use MCT oil daily. When I did, it was a tablespoon or two at max in my coffee. How do you keep momentum going day to day? So I think that a more powerful question is, how do I create momentum today? This is one of those paradigms that I work a lot with my clients on, shifting from the big picture change to the change specific to today. Instead of how do I keep momentum day to day moving forward? What am I going to do today to create momentum? And asking that daily if momentum is your goal. This is one of the reasons that we use the identity journal in the 12 Weeks to Transformation because instead of focusing on the long term, the downstream, the big picture, we really want to focus on today. Instead of saying, how do you create consistency day to day? How will I create consistency today, right? Not over the next month, not over the next year, not over the next long term, but today, because that's really the only place we can affect change. And if every day we're looking for ways to do the thing or be the thing we want to be, then we win. So for me, momentum really depends on what area of my life I want to create it in. Lately, I have not been as good with my morning routine of journaling and meditation, in large part because I just haven't been feeling well in the morning, and mornings have kind of been survival mode. So I am looking to create momentum with making those things fit into my day in a new way because it's just a, a new phase of life. So I focus on what am I going to do about it today, and I have a... Um, like a checklist of the few things that had sort of fallen off reading, meditating, and journal. Not my identity journal, but sort of my more like what's possible life goals mindset journaling. I'm still really consistent with my identity journaling. And so every day I'm just looking to check those boxes. I'm not focused on it over the next 30 days or the next year. I'm focused on it for today. And that is the paradigm shift that I think makes change a lot easier. 
Whatever it is that you want, what will you do about it today? And how will you prompt yourself to remember tomorrow? Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So this listener was listening to a different episode on GMOs. Genetically modified organisms. Okay. And they were wondering if when they search for non-GMO on Thrive Market, is that enough to go on or are there hidden ingredients that they should be looking for? Yeah. If something's labeled as non-GMO, it's going to be non-GMO. Um, it's not like, so trans fats is probably one of the examples of why this question comes up. You can label something zero grams of trans fat if it has a half a gram, right, per serving. Meaning that if you had six servings, you just had three grams of trans fats and you thought you had zero. Uh, but if anything in a product is genetically modified, it can't be labeled non-GMO. So from like a Thrive Market standpoint, if it's, if it's labeled as non-GMO, fairly safe. Obviously, though, here's the caveat. People lie on labels all the time. This is, this is something that you can find every single week somebody is busted because they lied on their label. They lied on the serving size. They lied on, you know, and, and sometimes it's a mistake, right? And I'm not saying every time there's a labeling inaccuracy that it was like malice. Um, but companies do that. They, they round oddly. They don't follow labeling requirements, which is, you know, one of those reasons that knowing where your food comes from and not buying many processed foods is a great thing. Um, when we go into the grocery store and we walk up to the grapes that say non-GMO, um, there's a level of trust there. And the reality is that you don't really know, but we're also not going to be like nutty about it because we have to buy things. Um, I really try to buy local when I can and talk to, that's the great thing about farmer's markets. If there's a farmer's market near where you are um, or like, you know, butcher box or something like that, you can talk to people to know more about their products. But generally speaking, as an overall rule of thumb, if it's labeled non-GMO, you can feel pretty, pretty safe in that it's non-GMO with those caveats that, you know, labels are wrong all the time. Does rapid weight loss backfire into super quick weight gain? Does rapid weight loss backfire into super quick weight gain? I do not think we can ever generalize in this way, right? Because is there somebody who lost weight super fast and kept it off? Is there somebody out there? Of course, absolutely. What we need to look at here, I think, are two of the most important things. Number one being, however you lost weight, was that approach sustainable for you? A lot of times, an approach that leads to rapid weight loss is not a sustainable approach. And so it's not then a function of you're gaining weight because you lost it fast. It's a function of you're gaining weight because you're not able or willing to sustain over time the changes that you made, right? That is one factor. The other thing is, was it healthy? However you lost weight rapidly, were you improving your health? Because if whatever you were doing wasn't healthy, you weren't giving your body enough fuel or you weren't giving your body quality fuel or maybe you were putting toxins and chemicals into your system or whatever else, 
then you're at a place where you weigh less, but you're less healthy and your body is going to respond accordingly. So I don't think we can make this blanket statement that if you lose weight fast, you're going to put it back on. But we do have to look at these two elements. Was it healthy? Was it sustainable? This person says they have read your book and they've been listening to your podcast. It's been really helpful. So thank you. One thing that they've noticed they're struggling with is being patient with the changes. Uh, They made great decisions for three whole days and still look the same. It's hard to keep going and stay motivated when it looks like it isn't working. Let's pause there for one second. Mm -hmm. You're not going to know if anything's working after three days. Like that is an opportunity to really improve your mindset. I don't care if it's learning the guitar, learning Spanish, losing weight, getting out of debt. If you have an expectation that you're going to know if it's working after a matter of days, you need to change your expectation. Frustration and impatience comes largely not from our decisions, but from our perspective or our expectations. The other thing that's been really helpful to me in times where I've been impatient, whether we're talking three days or three weeks, like, damn it, my body hasn't changed yet. Why am I doing this? When I make a change, it's because I want to be healthier, I want to be happier, I want to be a better version of myself. So this notion of impatience, it's really hard to stay motivated when my body hasn't changed after three days, essentially suggests that you're only doing it for the result. And if you don't get the result, you're going to go back to the way things were. What was true for me, and this does not mean that it's true for you, is I didn't want to go back to the way things were because I was miserable, because I was overweight, because I didn't have energy, because I felt really bad about myself, because I wasn't taking care of my body. So the reason that I eat well is not to see a change in my body in three days. The reason that I eat well is because I want to feel great and I want to be healthy. I would have you start with this overarching perspective that change takes time and consistency. And if you have an immediate expectation, no matter how well you're doing, you're going to be frustrated. So change your expectation. Number two, I would have you look at why you're doing it. And it's great to want aesthetic changes or to want to see a shift in your body. That's fine. But if that is the only reason you're doing it, you're probably going to be very inconsistent. What are some of the other reasons? For me, I know that life is really, really fragile. And I only have one body. And it's one doctor's appointment, one phone call, one moment in time that the the house of cards propped up by processed foods, propped up by overeating, could crumble. And I don't want that. So the aesthetic thing is great, but it cannot be the only motivator. It takes time and it takes consistency. And that's not something that we should have to begrudgingly accept like, oh boy, here we go. I'm going to have to be patient. That's just life. So this is an opportunity to change your perspective. Like I get it, right? It's frustrating if you're not seeing results. But how, what's, your, what's your expectation? If you're frustrated because you're not seeing results in three days, change it to what change do I want to create over three months? 
You know, if you just change that perspective and you practice it, making that decision once does not mean it's going to stick. You have to practice it over time. Then everything changes. I really want to, you know, take two inches off my waist in the next three months. And that is my horizon that I'm giving to this consistency to see that change. And I'm going to adjust along the way if things aren't going in that right direction. But if your time horizon is three days, you're asking to be miserable. And that's not just like weight, right? That's anything. Getting out of debt, building a new business. Can we talk about that for a second? Let me just say that when I started Primal Potential, nobody knew who I was. Nobody went to my website. When I launched the podcast, I think I was excited to get my first 10 downloads. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I put out five episodes. Nobody's found it yet. It's a damn long game. And the people who quit are because they don't realize that. They don't accept that. Any business, any relationship, any career, any person's health is a long game. And if you are playing the short game, start playing the long game. That's what I think. All right. Uh, This listener says, I have found myself drinking two GNC protein shakes, two protein bars, and two Greek yogurts a day with some sort of meat and cheese type of thing for dinner. I don't even care that I've given up my cereal and ice cream and cheesecake, but if I have to eat, I'd rather just swallow it whole. I just want to know if this is healthy. If I don't get bored of it, can I sustain a diet this way? Is there a supplement or 30 I should add to make up for certain vitamins that this diet might be lacking? Okay, so two protein shakes, two protein bars, two Greek yogurts, meat and cheese. Is this healthy? Is it sustainable? I think a lot of people are expecting me to say, no, it's not healthy. But here's the deal. If that's what you've shifted to from ice cream and cheesecake, that's a heck of an improvement. And it doesn't really matter if it's sustainable. Honestly, we could be having this conversation about kale, salad, and salmon. Is it sustainable? Chances are... After two months, three months, maybe less, whether we're talking GNC protein shakes or we're talking kale salad and salmon, you're going to want to change. I don't believe there is any diet that somebody is going to, or any like meal plan that somebody is going to want to sustain for the rest of our lives. Because there's this thing called palate fatigue. And I experience this, I go kind of in cycles with my meals. I can be on like a huge cauliflower rice kick, even though the thought of that just like makes me want to throw up in my mouth right now. Um, But I can have like some type of cauliflower rice variety every day for two weeks. And then I'm like, I need a break from cauliflower rice. And then I'm on to Brussels sprouts. And I do shredded Brussels sprouts and roasted Brussels sprouts and Brussels sprout salad and all of these things. And then I'm like, Okay, like I think I've, I've had enough Brussels sprouts. And I think that happens with everybody everywhere. But context matters here. I share all the time how one of my first transitions was a smaller order at Chick-fil-A. Was anybody going to say, yeah, Elizabeth, keep doing that forever. That's like a super healthy way to live. It was healthier for me. So I would not choose these meals, protein shakes from GNC, protein bars, two Greek yogurts, meat and cheese. I would not. But honestly, years ago, that would have been a massive improvement for me compared to a bag of Mexican tortilla chips every single day and Chick-fil-A in the morning and ice cream and, you know, God knows what from the freezer section. 
that would have been a really big improvement. So that's where I think we have to start. Is it an improvement for you? It doesn't mean it's perfect. It's absolutely not. But we're not going for perfection. We're going for progress. Does it represent progress for you? Don't have an expectation. Don't even try to figure out, am I going to be able to do this like for the next 30 years right now if it is an improvement for you? You know what I'm saying? Because you don't have to figure that out. If we're just looking at this and say it's not an improvement or we're looking at this without any context of is it better than what you, were, what you used to be doing, it leaves a lot to be desired. It's extremely highly processed. Um, the protein bars, the protein shakes, they've got a lot of, of additives and chemicals and binders and fillers and all of that kind of stuff. And there's a complete absence of like living things, right? Um, fruits or vegetables. There's a total absence of color. So huge nutrient void. And it is not something ever where we can say, oh yeah, just add in a bunch of supplements and you're good. Because that is not the same as the diversity that we get from real food. Now, I also know because I saw this person's email come in that they don't like to cook. And I don't either. Do you like to cook, Sarah? I don't. Yeah. I mean, like, I can enjoy it if I have a lot of time and it's, but like, my life isn't like that most of the time. Mm -hmm. So I could totally enjoy having you over and cooking you a meal, but like on the regular, that is not on my list at all. Yeah, I'm the same. But there's ways to eat fresh and eat well without cooking, without spending a lot of time in the kitchen. In fact, just the other day we were sitting here and I was ordering um, paleo power meals, which I used to order all the time when I lived in Portsmouth and when I lived in Natick, um, but haven't since I, since I moved to Cape Cod. But um, my kitchen is being torn out. So it's not even a matter of like, I don't like to cook or I don't have time to cook. Um, I won't be able to cook for probably a period of six to eight weeks. Like, that's just the reality. But that doesn't mean that I have to resort to protein bars and protein shakes at all. And honestly, the thought of that, like even saying that, I'm like, um, pregnancy effect. But I ordered that or, you know, go to go to a salad bar at your grocery store or anything, anything is an option for getting good, whole, unprocessed foods. I am not saying that this listener needs to do that right now because, again, if this is an improvement and this is driving results and this feels better, that's okay. But our journey is never done and there's always another level. And at some point, we want to transition away from the processed foods towards the whole foods. When I was really working on cleaning things up and the first change, you know, was, was less Chick-fil-A, I incorporated Quest Bars fairly regularly because I felt like they, they weren't chalky, they weren't dry, they felt sweet. But over time, I, I wanted like really good nutrition, not just not so bad nutrition. And I think that needs to be a factor. Um, but just to reiterate, you can never look 
at a diet and say, what's missing? The solution is just take a bunch of supplements um, because it's not the same. And I do use supplements, but it's not because I'm recognizing a deficiency in my diet and going, oh yeah, no problem though, because I'm taking this product. Uh, We always want to really be moving towards less processed. We can have a high degree of convenience and ease without processed foods. um, And we just want to be moving in that direction. You mentioned a lot that you used to be over 350 pounds. Do you ever mention your current approximate weight? I don't for a few reasons. I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know the last time I got on the scale, but I can tell you that I will be getting on one very shortly with all of these pregnancy doctor's appointments for sure. Um, I had a a love-hate relationship with the scale. It was super fun to get on the scale when I was losing weight really, really quickly um, and see it go down. But then at the same time, you're doing the things right and you're crushing it and you feel like your body's changing, but the scale isn't because the scale is an awful indicator of what is happening with your body, right? I can get on the scale and be five pounds heavier because of a meal that I ate or some water that I drank or the fact that I haven't had a bowel movement. And it's just the scale is a one of the worst indicators of body composition and certainly tells us nothing about health, right? So for that reason, it is not my way of monitoring my body. Um, I pay a lot of attention to little things like how do my hands feel when I clasp my fingers together? I can tell if I'm retaining water. I can also tell if I've put on a few pounds. Until very recently, one of the things I would do every single morning, usually as I was walking to or from the bathroom after waking up, is I would put my hand on my lower abdomen because for me, that's like one of the first places that I start to put on weight. And I know if I've overindulged, if I'm on the right track based on how that lower abdominal area feels, of course, that's sort of out for now um, as like the, even in the first trimester, I've been extremely, extremely bloated. And then also clothes, right? To me, it's an immediate and very honest indicator of what's going on with your body if you feel like, you know, the, the pants are a little snug or whatever, whatever. Um, so, The other piece of it is my weight is not my focus in my life or in my business. Um, I don't see primal potential or my role with primal potential as having anything to do with your weight or my weight, but rather making our lives better. And for a lot of people, and certainly for me at times, that's had a lot to do with how I care for my physical body. Um, But... It's not a priority, like the number on the scale has not been a priority for me for for years, Um, and I am not worried about it at all right now. That does not mean that I am not thinking about my health or my body composition or activity or anything like that. Um, It's different now being pregnant, and I'm super excited to observe my mindset as my body changes, and also not even just related to growing a baby, 
I am eating so differently now, like 180 degrees differently almost from how I've eaten for the last few years. Most days, the only thing that I can not throw up until maybe six or seven o'clock at night is saltine crackers, um, which is very different. And as someone who's sensitive to carbohydrates, I notice things like being more puffy, being lower energy. And it's hard to tell, you know, like, am I lower energy because, you know, building a baby or um, because I'm not fueling my body as well. And I'm super excited to see my mindset, um, both positive and negative. I don't think that it's just going to be smooth sailing. I care very much about being healthy and being vibrant. And I'm always looking at, you know, what needs to shift and what needs to change. But for me, the number on the scale is not really a part of that equation. Um, That doesn't mean that it shouldn't be or it couldn't be for you but it's just not for me. And I love that. Um, And I also wonder, like, what if we just didn't ask people what they weighed? Yeah, I honestly felt a little odd even just reiterating the question. Because like, yeah, it's kind of like, what are you, what are you, how does that impact your journey and what you can do today, right? I'm just trying to think about No matter who it is, if I follow somebody on social media, no matter what their journey, when and why would I ask them how much they weigh now, right? Like, and and I get, like, I can imagine somebody saying, well, I just want to make sure that you haven't put 150 pounds back on or that you're not, you know, 340 pounds right now. Um, For context, the pants that I'm wearing right now are a 10. The pants I was wearing yesterday were a 12. Um if like somebody is really concerned because I used to wear a 22. So, um, or really, I probably used to wear a 24. Uh, but when I would get the 22s were like feeling tight, I would just go to like stretchy pants or uh, skirts. But no, seriously, like if the, if the thought is, well, the reason I'm asking Elizabeth is because if you're here saying you used to be 350 and now you're 340, yeah, I get it. Um, and and the truth is, I don't know how much I weighed. The highest number I ever saw on the scale was around 350 pounds. But when I was heavier than that, I wouldn't get on the scale. In fact, I figured out that when you go to the doctor, they don't have to weigh you. They just have to get like three different real-time metrics and your weight is one of them. So I would do like, I would say, can you get blood pressure and temperature and pulse and not include weight. So even when I went to the doctor, they wouldn't check my weight because I didn't want to know what it was. And I don't think anybody ever insisted on checking my weight, but I know that there were some times that I would get on the scale and I would say, don't tell me, you know? Um, But yeah, I feel really, really amazing about how far I've come. And I feel really, really amazing about the way that my my choices have changed, but more than that, how my mindset has changed. And I I definitely don't get defensive about those questions, but I do think they make me a little sad. And I don't really know why. I think maybe because it's like a reflection of um, that the, the number on the scale really, really matters to a lot of people. You know what I mean? That like that is, 
an indicator of health. And I don't think it's without merit, right? If you weigh 500 pounds, I think we can collectively say that that is probably not an optimal state of health. But for me, after losing probably the first 100 pounds, it just didn't feel as important. But I also get it because at one point it was really important to me, but I don't think that I would ask anybody in any position how much they weigh. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. It's like and the, it's fine. Like, it, it, if I'm not comfortable answering something, we just wouldn't talk about it here. Right. Right? So, like, there's a reason that I saw this come into our where we keep the questions. One day we were both here at the same time, and I was like, yeah, I'm totally going to tackle that because it's very real. But to go from, you know, wearing a size 22, 24 – to like right now, these ones are 10 yesterday's, well, no, yesterday I was wearing a skirt, but the pink ones, I think were 12. Like I'm good with that. Yeah. And you're healthy. And I feel good. And I'm always, always working on the, like another thing. You know what I mean? And I love that. I wouldn't have it any other way. Good. Yeah. I think we kind of, yeah. Yeah. How do you find more like-minded people, friends that support you and lift you up? Like you and Brooke Thomas talked about in episode 589. I think about this a lot because this is, this is like so real. And I'm always trying to do it myself. And quite frankly, this is why I created the master's club because I wanted that tribe of people that were really positive and it's not always easy to find that, especially when you're no longer school aged, or maybe if you don't belong to a church or, you know, something like that. And that was really the case for me for a long time. I, I wasn't very active socially. So like, where do you go to meet people who are really great, wonderful people? Um, the master's club is one way to do it, right? Go through the 12 weeks to transformation. Those are some of the most amazing people in the world. And like, I consider them dear friends. Um, I've also found a lot of luck at my CrossFit gym because those are people who tend to be positive and hardworking and health-focused. And um, the different thing, the reason I say CrossFit gym, I've joined many, many different kinds of gyms, but most gyms, there's not like that community vibe that there is at CrossFit. So most people kind of go in with their headphones, keep their head down, and there's not a big community vibe. But if you have a gym where there is that, that can be an option. The other place that I've found to be really great for this is um, professional development kind of events or workshops or programs because who do they attract? Amazing people that are looking to improve their lives, that are like-minded in, in growth and in connection and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so Ascend is one great way to do it. A lot of the connections that are super strong in the Masters Club formed because they went to that first Ascend in Nashville or they went to that second Ascend in Boston. Um, so that is an option. Some of my Masters Club members' closest friends are people they never knew before Ascend or people they never knew before the 12 Weeks to Transformation. So that is a, that is a very real option for sure. What do you think about that, Sarah? I've thought about this a lot. And, and my friends and I have discussed it too. Like as an adult, how do you go out and meet friends? Yeah. I mean, it's not like when you're little, you're like, hey, you want to come over and right. go for a bike ride? Right. You know? Um, so I've looked at things like um, meetup.com. Yeah. Um, just to do 
things that are in the same sort of interest, like kayaking or boating or doing something. My sister does that with like hiking and stuff. And then you know you're getting people who are like health conscious or they really love the outdoors or things like that. Right. Yeah. And you and I were talking yesterday about doing a cooking class. Yes, we were. I was thinking about it again last night. I think that'll be really fun. Me too. But then you've got, you know, other adults who are looking to do social things. But the the like-minded piece, I think, can be a little bit trickier. And that's where I would say um, being very strategic about where you go to meet people. Like, think about it. If you want to find people who are motivated, who are health conscious, like, what might they do? Maybe they would be in a book club. Maybe they would be doing a, you know, outdoor activity-related meetup. That sort of thing, I think, is um, important to focus on. Or volunteering, too. That might oh, be yeah. a good way. Absolutely. Yeah. We've talked about that too, like habitat, because we want to learn stuff. Yes. We really do. I need to build my tiny house. I know. I know. You could have had mine. Could have had mine. All right. So with that said, guys, speaking of Ascend, there are only 20 tickets left. Ticket prices go up tomorrow. um, But that 20 number is absolutely finite because our capacity for the event is fixed. Want to announce today's... um, Winner? I do. Yes. And again, please email me, Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at primalpotential.com. But the winner is, and this was on Instagram, correct? Correct. So Instagram handle, a curious daydreamer. You're the winner. Winner, winner. Winner, winner. And you are getting a box of Four Sigmatics turmeric lattes. We really love it. As soon as you email Sarah at primalpotential.com, we will get it out in the mail to you. And if you want to try Four Sigmatic and you can, uh, I can enjoy my coffee vicariously through you. So like take a picture, post it, tag me so I can enjoy my coffee through you. Um, Check out foursigmatic.com, F-O-U-R. S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com. Use the coupon code PRIMAL because that is going to save you another 15%. I think that's about it. Are you doing anything fun this weekend? I am going to Boston to celebrate a friend's birthday. That's right. Yes. That's right. Yeah, so fun. fun. Yeah. That'll be awesome. Yes. What about you guys? Well, we are like in the throes of the renovations. Yeah. So we have like the next area to clean out the new bathroom, which is currently a closet, Mm -hmm. needs to be emptied out. So I think it'll largely be um, a weekend of like cleaning, organizing the chaos of the renovation. Yes. Did you end up taking some before photos of the kitchen? I did yesterday. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, I did. And the bathroom, too, because the bathroom and the laundry room are being torn out today. Good. Yes, I did. Are you going to post any of the before and afters? Oh, for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I'm super, super excited about it. I am, too. And very nervous, but, yeah, super excited. Yeah. Awesome. All right, everybody, you can enter to win one of our giveaways by leaving a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, by leaving a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon, or tagging us in something that you learned or loved from the podcast on Facebook or Instagram, and uh, we'll do another giveaway next Saturday. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. 
It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. Hey Houston, Khan's prices are invincible. That means prices have been cut low, as in amazingly low, as in won't be beat. In fact, we're backing it up with our low price guarantee. Invincible prices on appliances, furniture, electronics, mattresses, and more. Not invincible enough for you? How about free next day delivery on appliances, TVs, and mattresses? And payment options for everyone, whether you have good credit or building it. Visit Khan's today and find out what invincible feels like.